So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where we help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing your profits and breaking through limiting beliefs if you would like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of the podcast and to see any visual references mentioned on air today, head over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Join close to 20,000 other photographers in that community who are able to watch any episode of the podcast months in advance live as video. It's, it's pretty awesome over there today. We have with us Andrew Jordan. Andrew Jordan's a special guy because he is the owner of Focused C... Uh, I'm sorry, Big Picture CPA. You can get it at FocusedCPA.com. But Big Picture CPA, where he's focused on helping photographers as they grow in their business, developing better tax planning, bookkeeping, and accounting solutions. And I say he's a special guy for a couple of reasons. Number one, yeah, he's a CPA, but he's my CPA. And so, ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome Andrew Jordan to the show. How are you, man? Good. Thanks for having me, Ben. Hey, of course. I'm excited for today's conversation because we're gonna we're gonna popcorn it around a little bit. But for the listeners right now, the main emphasis is going to be uh, really focusing around your business structure and how to save on taxes. Uh, how to pay less taxes, save more money, simply by the way that photographers can consider um, the structure of their business. And so um, I'd like to actually just jump right in. Is that okay? I, sometimes uh, we do a lot of backstory and we hem and we haw and we learn about like where you uh, were born and, and what kind of cereal you like. But I think today I just kind of want to get into it. Are you Are you okay with that, Andrew? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, good. <laughs> what would I have done if you would have said no? I don't know. I, I guess I would have. We would have learned what cereal you like. So, um, so as I as I start off, I want to acknowledge that I know. Uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna ask questions, and some of the ways that I ask these questions, please give me some grace. Because even as I say business structure, maybe there's a better way to describe what I'm wanting to know and what I'm wanting to to bring to the listeners today. Um, and so when when I say business structure. Uh, am I, am I talking about the right thing or is there a better way to discuss it? Yeah, no, that's a good terminology. You know, we talk about the entity that you choose to have your business in, which is part of how you structure your business. It is very important and it's usually overlooked. Okay. 
And so the, the, the business structure, what, what are some of the options that a business owner would have when setting up the structure of their company? Yeah. So you can be an LLC if you want to, that's a limited liability company and its purpose is to protect you personally and give you limited liability. So if you, you know, really mess up something, if you forget that key shot in a wedding and the bride decides to sue you, she can sue your LLC and she's going to have trouble going after your personal assets, like your house or your personal bank account, those kind of things. That's the idea of it. So it's a liability protection kind of thing. If you are an LLC, you get to actually choose how you're taxed, which is a weird concept. It's called the check the box regulations. If you're an LLC, you literally choose on a form, you check a box. I want to be taxed as either a sole proprietorship, or if you got more than one owner, a partnership, S corporation or C corporation. Those are your four options. Now, what confuses people sometimes, I hear this a lot in photography communities and small business in general is, am I an LLC or am I an S corporation? And the answer could be yes. Like you can be one or the other or both. So how that works is LLC is for legal protection and then how your tax can be different from that. And so you might be an LLC and be taxed as an S corp. You might be an LLC taxed as a sole proprietorship. You could be just a straight ass, um, straight up sole proprietorship, not an LLC. You can also be a straight up S corp, not an LLC either. And so they have tax ramifications. That's why I kind of want to dig into like for tax purposes, what makes sense. Yeah. I'm already confused, man. All right. This is great. I love this. This is, <laughs> yeah. no, this well, is awesome. One of the things I like to say too, like, like Ben, you talk about limiting beliefs. And one of the things I hear all the time from photographers, when I meet photographers for the first time at a conference or something, as soon as they know that I'm a CPA, some of the first things they often say to me is an apology because they think <laughs> that like they should know this stuff. Nobody knows this stuff, right? Multi-million dollar business owners typically don't really know this stuff either. So if you listen to this and retain really any of it, you're kind of ahead of the game. Okay. I love this. So, so I'm going to slow us down a little bit and I'm going to restate what you're saying. All right. Just to make sure that I understand it as I'm continuing to ask questions and as the listeners are, are kind of tuning in. So what I'm hearing you say is there's a few different ways that you can structure your business and they all have pros and cons. So you could be... Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm stating this not as fact. I'm trying to tell you what I heard and then you tell me how wrong yeah. I am. So you could so be, you, you could be a sole proprietor. You could uh, be an LLC. We'll talk about that in a second. And then you could also be a corporation. Okay. I think for most people be an S corp. I don't think many photographers are getting into a C corp. Okay. But the interesting thing about filing as an LLC, from what I heard you say is when you structure your business as an LLC, you could file it as either an S corp or you could file it as a sole proprietorship. Yeah. Did I get all that right? You got all that pretty close to right. Okay. Pretty close. Okay. Let's discard. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, C corps and partnerships are right. You rarely see that with photographers. You're really deciding, should I be a sole proprietorship or an S corp? And if I can make the analogy, you tell me if this is a terrible analogy. Okay. When you shoot, you have both a camera and a lens, right? Absolutely. So you can be, you can have one camera body and have a totally different lens and have a different experience. So an LLC can have different lenses on it. You can have an S corp lens or a sole proprietorship lens. Those are the two lenses that are going to make sense for photographers, or you can have an entirely different camera body and not even be an LLC, just be a sole proprietorship or an S corp. And if you've never set up an S corp and you're just doing business, you are by default a sole proprietorship. 
as like an automatic one. Okay. Okay. This is good. We're, we're so, this is we're we're stepping into the water. We're wading in. Uh, I like this. Okay. So why, let's just, like, why would you be a sole proprietor versus an LLC? I think let's just maybe debate between two at a time and discuss pros and cons yeah. because I, um, just when you first start your business, are you, are you just immediately, like if I start collecting money right now, let's say I, we go back 11 years ago when I booked my very first wedding, I got $300. I gave half of it to my little sister who also didn't know what she was doing. We both walked away with 150 bucks and someone walked away with a couple really okay pictures. <laughs> now we're, we're now making money. Okay. Uh, I, I, I started with a first question and I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to ask you a different question. Since we're now making money, at what point does a photographer need to actually acknowledge to their state, to their government, that they are a sole, like that they're a business, that they are a sole proprietor? So as soon as you accept that first revenue. Okay. And, and a lot of people think that there's like this minimum and there, there truly isn't. The IRS is pretty black and white on this. The good news is your first year in business, you're going to have lost money anyway. <laughs> you know, you're buying your gear. Like, I mean, you, you don't know. You don't, man, profit, I could right? be ranking it in. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the other thing. If you say bought gear in the past and now you're starting as a business, you can still deduct all of that gear. And so because of that, you're putting that gear into your business, your laptop, all these things, like you're going to have a bunch of red dots to first year. You're probably going to have a loss, which is why for a lot of photographers, you should be a sole proprietorship your first year. One of the advantages of sole proprietorship is you get to deduct the losses more easily. So as you're getting started, sole proprietorship usually makes sense. Now to get to your question, Ben, if I'm going to be a sole proprietorship, that's really for tax purposes. Should I be an LLC or should I not? What are the pros and cons? For tax purposes, a sole proprietorship versus an LLC that's taxed as a sole proprietorship, 100% the same. Zero differences for income tax. Hmm. But when you look at the state level, some states charge you extra for being an LLC. And so this is purely state by state. California, for example, which is like the worst, I think it's $700 now, something like that, a year for the privilege of being an LLC operating in California. Hmm. And so you want to consider that a little bit. So there's a little bit of cost. There's a little bit of a one-time setup cost, but every lawyer, not a lawyer, every lawyer I've ever talked to would tell you, you should be an LLC. Okay. Get the legal liability protection. It doesn't help you at all in your taxes, but it gives you some legal liability protection. Okay. So even year one, I'm going to just again, restate things. Even at year one, it, it is, what I'm hearing you say is you would recommend that a photographer actually file as an LLC or, or set up their business as an LLC, file for an LLC, but to, uh, to file the taxes as a sole proprietorship. So they set up their LLC, but then they're filing as a sole proprietorship, even on year one. Is that correct? hundred percent. It's good. Okay. Awesome. Good. I'm glad that I'm clear on this. And there is, so some of the cons, uh, for doing that, like I want, I maybe want to get to like, why would anybody not do this? And so it seems like there would be a, a small, potentially small financial um, hurdle at the beginning. It's always, it's always more in California. Do you know what maybe an average is to like be an LLC, like a, a rough average if you had to pay an annual? Yeah, like two, 300 bucks in a lot of states. Some okay. states it's zero. A fair number of states is zero. Okay, great. So some states yeah. it's zero. And, and your setup fees, setup fees, you're looking a couple hundred bucks as well. So okay. fairly minimal. Okay, gotcha. And 
Why else would a photographer who's collecting money not actually set their business up as an LLC? Why else do you see that happening? Honestly, what we see most often is people don't understand or they think they don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the only reasons. Okay. That totally makes sense. Now, uh, I didn't understand. So if I go back 11 years is when I first started my business, I was just like collecting money and, and kind of doing the thing. And then I got to the end of the year and I had all this money that I, again, I just didn't know. It's like a kid out of college. And I'm like, well, I got to file taxes. And I just hadn't even thought of it. I didn't even, I had the thought process. I was like, oh, let's go to H&R Block and I'll like have them like figure all this stuff out for me. And, um, and it was just a massive headache. Uh, there was, uh, yeah. I mean, luckily I didn't have any sort of, uh, uh, protection needed. I didn't need the protection of the LLC. Like no one, no one came after my assets. Um, but very early on, and we'll talk about the S corp next here, but I should have actually filed as an S corp much sooner than I did early on in my career. I was making way too much money. This <laughs> is a great problem to have. Um, but I was, I was just like paying out the wazoo in taxes because I was just so focused on my craft and so focused on just getting clients that I wasn't paying attention to this really critical element to the business. We'll talk about the, the S corp here in just a little bit. Okay. So, so this is making a lot of sense so far. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you even just like slowing down and helping us now. The protections that you're talking about that you get by registering as an LLC, um, I'm going to tell, I'm going to explain what I, what I heard you say, and then you again, tell me how far off I am. What I'm hearing you say is that when I file as an LLC, when I register as an LLC, um, and, and something maybe goes awry in my business and someone goes to sue me, uh, for something, uh, maybe it's a client, maybe it's a vendor, something happens, um, an LLC, you're saying it protects my personal assets, like my home, like my personal bank account, um, my my savings account, that kind of stuff. And it only gives them, let's say, access. Uh, they could only go after the money that is under the business's name, like a business bank account. Is that correct? Yeah, although I'll give a couple caveats, right? One is if you really like piss off someone enough, they're going to sue you. They're going to sue your family. They're going to sue anyone they can think of. And sometimes that's effective. Sometimes they're able to reach through your LLC and get rid of that defense. Because Ben, what you said is exactly how it's designed to work. LLC is a separate entity. So you've got you, Ben Hartley, and then you've got your LLC, which is separate. And so the LLC is the one shooting and the LLC is the one that then they would have to sue. That's the idea behind it. The thing is, and we get into some of the the nerdy bookkeeping stuff, but there's something called piercing the corporate veil. And it's a weird term, but it's piercing the corporate veil. That sounds like an innuendo. Come on, let's keep it clear. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the idea is if you, hey, you get the protection because there's you and now there's your LLC and they're separate and they're different. But if you run the two as though they're exactly the same, like you run all of your business stuff out of your personal bank account or you run all of your personal stuff out of your business bank account, they're intermingled. And so they're, a judge is going to look at them and say, well, yeah, you set up the LLC, but you didn't run it like a separate entity. And so there goes your protection. So uh, make sure from a bookkeeping standpoint, 
we keep them separate. Okay. So what you just said is, yeah, you can set it up as an LLC and you can have that protection. However, if you pierce the, the corporate veil, is that what you said? I can't say it with the straight face. If you pierce the okay. veil, yeah. uh, and what the, when you say pierce the veil, you mean like, listen, yeah, it's an LLC, but you still got one bank account and all the money is just kind of like you're collecting payments from clients and it's all going into your bank account. And that is the same account that you're also paying your rent with. And it's the same account that you're using for groceries. And it's the same account that you've got your car payment on. That's not under the business. Is, is that what you're saying? That is piercing the corporate veil. Yeah. It would be better if we called it penetrating the corporate. Stop veil. it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I will end this interview. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> I love it. I love having, I love, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> my wife and I, we just signed our will today. Right. And just in case we die. Nice. And uh, yeah, nice. Right. Um, but there's something about when I meet with, um, you know, with this, like people like, like, you know, we're talking like these very, you're a CPA and things are pretty like straightforward and, and like by the book and more or less mundane. I love injecting just a healthy dose of like <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous humor into things. Um, I had a really good time this morning signing that will we, I was, I was saying some ridiculous stuff anyhow. Okay. So I, here's my question about piercing the corporate veil. Uh, the question would be like, uh, okay. For example, I like I've messed up, like I've gone out, uh, on vacation and I got, this actually just happened. I went out on vacation, uh, with my family. I get out to a zip lining place, right? And I go to grab my wallet and they're both blue cards and I handed them the card and whoosh, they, they swipe it, put it back in the thing. Then I get an email from my bookkeeper that was on your team <laughs> and they're like, Hey man, what was this zip lining fee for on your business card? And I'm like, Oh no, I just pierced the corporate veil. So like yeah. how, uh, how much of an infringement is it that causes like a, a full liability, if that makes sense? Like it's a pretty subjective thing, right? It's going to depend on what judge you end up with ultimately and how they're going to look at it. So like it's a, it's a scale once or twice, definitely not a big deal. Regularity, that's where it becomes more of an issue. It's happening all the time. That's where it's more of an issue. Okay. Got it. That's clear. All right, man. I, I'm loving this. I'm really getting my head wrapped around it. Um, and so it seems like, again, just to reiterate, if you're a photographer that's just starting out, register for that LLC. That first year, you're going to want to be filing uh, at, on, as an S-Corp. You, you're filing as not, you, you are an LLC, but you're filing as an S-Corp. I'm sorry. You're filing as a sole proprietorship. Oh, boy. See, this is it. Yep. Okay. So now we're going to start talking about this other thing called an S-Corp. My first question yeah. for you is this, and this is a point of confusion for many people. So I, you're, you're right that you could register your business as an LLC, but then you could choose to file it as an S-Corp. What about just registering yeah. your business right out the gate as an S-Corp, skipping over that middle LLC step and actually setting it up just as a corporation is what, what is, why would anybody do that? Yeah. So it's an interesting question. Pros and cons, right? So an LLC, if you are an LLC to begin with and you elect to become an escort, you can always elect to go back to being a sole proprietorship later. They won't let you flip flop and you know, back and forth like every year, but you can, you have that option. If you're a straight up escort, you can't. 
The only way to go from S corp to sole proprietorship is to dissolve the S corp. You have to change your banking stuff around. It's going to be hassle, a variety of stuff, right? Okay. So it gives you a little bit more flexibility right out of the gate to be an LLC. There's also other quirks like in Missouri, for example, if you're a straight up S corp, you have to pay an annual fee for being a, a corporation and you have to file some documents and it's an annual report. And if you forget, they dissolve you and it's a hassle. LLCs don't have to do that. And so it's a little bit state by state. Like some states, it's a little bit better being LLC. Some is maybe a little bit better being a, you know, a straight up S corp. Mm -hmm. My thing though, is the flexibility of it and the convenience of it. LLC is what we typically recommend. I can't think of a compelling reason where you'd be like, shoot, man, I wish I hadn't been an LLC and was a true S corp for tax and for liability purposes. They're exactly the same. Interesting. Okay. So again, what I'm hearing you say is you could register your business straight up as a dedicated corporation, a dedicated S corp. And you're suggesting that for 99.9% of the listeners, that doesn't really make much sense. It makes the most sense to be an LLC that is then just filing the taxes as an S corp. That's correct. Yeah. Especially because then you have a progression, right? It's very rare for someone their first year to make sense to be an S corp. But because of liability protection, LLC makes a lot of sense. So the progression for photographers is typically start out, be a sole proprietorship. Maybe don't even be an LLC your first year because you're making 500 bucks or you're testing the waters and stuff. When you really start doing it, become an LLC sole proprietorship. And then it's just a, a really easy, quick, easy form to convert that sole proprietorship LLC into an S corp. You don't have to get a new EIN. Don't have to change your bank account. Don't have to change your contracts. It's just so easy. It makes a lot of sense. So the, the brain of me, the brain, the brain of me, <laughs> the little, my little brain of mine, it's still, it's like, well, there's gotta be a reason that a corporation exists, like to just straight up file as a corporation. And so, yeah. however, is that just like, like for, for like giant companies that like, we just don't really fall into the value of doing that? Or like, why is that there? Is that just like a pitfall for people to like a little trap for us to fall into. Like, why does it exist? If you could just be an LLC and file as an S corp. I mean, you have unwittingly stumbled upon taxation history. So since you brought us here, <laughs> we have to talk about it. Originally there were corporations, right? And originally that was all there were. And there was no such thing as an LLC. LLCs came around more like 30, 40 years ago. Hmm. And so even when they came along, people didn't trust them at first. You know, you had to get cases up to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court had to verify, yes, we really get the same protection level with LOCs as we do with a true corporation. It's only been in about the last 20 years or something that LOCs have become way more popular because there's just so much more convenient. And so is there a reason to be a, a quote-unquote true corporation? Not very much anymore. Hmm. If you're going to be a public corporation, one of the reasons they tend to be, and they're C-corporations, not S-corps. <clears throat> that's a whole different thing. But that's just, um, it's because a lot of them are older. A lot of them have been there for a long time. For the purpose of photographers, there's no reason to, to worry about that. Okay. No reason to do it. Love you this. Know? I love this. Okay, so then we now need to talk about why on earth would you ever not be an LLC filing as a sole proprietorship, but why would you eventually make that transition where you are an LLC filing as an S corp? What is the benefit? So it comes down to self-employment taxes. Anyone who has started a business as a photographer and maybe made $30,000 profit, 
you know, in an early year before you took Ben's classes and started making, you know, really significant money. Yes. You made $30,000 and you realized at tax time, you owe like 10 grand. It's typically around a third of what your profit is as a sole proprietorship. And the reason for that is you have your state tax. If you're in a state with tax, that's usually five, 6%. You've got federal income tax, which is 10% is the lowest bracket, but it's easily 12, 20, 22, depending on what other income you and your spouse have. And so you're looking, you know, 25% pretty easily, but then you also pay a 15% self-employment tax. And that 15% is what really gets people. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I never pay any tax. You know, when I got a W-2, I didn't pay any income tax. And that might be true, but you paid a heck of a lot of employment tax. That's why your net check every month was so much lower. Your employer paid half, you paid half, but now you're self-employed, you pay both halves and it's 15% on top of everything else. Mm. And you pay that with your 1040 when you actually file your taxes come April. And so keep going. Yeah. But I was going to say, so the the thing is that self-employment tax is what S corporations can help. you. Okay. So there's the main thing is that there is a 15% self-employment tax. And when you're working for somebody else, your employer is paying 7.5% of it, half of it, and then you're paying 7.5% of it. But once you're fine as a sole proprietor, you are paying the full 15%. And that can equate to be about a third of your income. So you're saying if, if as a photographer filing as a sole proprietorship, I'm bringing 30,000, I, I may only see about 20,000 of that. Yeah. Profit. Okay. Yeah. Profit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not to print profit. expenses. Yeah. If you had 30,000 in right. prof, profit, yeah. uh, that's going to still get cut down $10,000. Okay. So what, what advantage does a sole, uh, an S corp give then if a sole proprietorship has 15% self-employment, what happens when I start filing as an S corp? Okay. So sole proprietorships can have employees but you as the owner of a sole proprietorship cannot be an employee of your sole proprietorship. Makes sense. You are your business. Even if you're an LLC, again, that's legal liability protection for tax purposes, sole proprietorship, you are the business. Mm-hmm. S corporation, it gives you more of a separation because you separation, not just for legal purposes, but for tax purposes now, which is what we're looking at. And so if you're an S corporation, instead of the government saying, Hey, every dollar of profit you make, is self-employment income because you are your business, you can now split your income into two buckets. One bucket is you now work for the business. You know, your business is a separate entity and you are an employee of the business. You have to go on payroll. There's some things you got to do there. But then the rest of your business, the additional profit, is a return on your investment in a corporation. And it's just like if you invested in Coca-Cola and got dividends or got a return on investment, it's a little different, but the same concept is true. Hey, that's not going to be subject to self-employment because you weren't actively working to earn that. That's like investment return. Similarly with an S corporation, like Ben Hartley, the reason that six figure photography, well, we're um, style and story, I guess really what we're talking about here. The reason style and story makes money is because of your efforts, but it's also because of the reputation and the website and the previous work that has been done and all those kind of things make the work more valuable, support a higher pricing for it. And so the part of the revenue, the part of the profit that is from that, you don't have to pay employment taxes. So the the quick scenario here to help this maybe make sense. If you're sole proprietorship, you make a hundred thousand dollars profit. 
right? You make make 150, 200,000 total income, be a profit of 100,000. In addition to your income tax, you're gonna pay $15,000 of self-employment tax. Mm -hmm. If you're an S corporation, you have to put yourself on payroll and let's say you pay yourself $40,000. That $40,000 will be subject to that 15% tax. And so you had a hundred thousand dollars profit. Now you have a forty thousand dollar expense because you paid yourself forty thousand. The remaining sixty thousand, hundred minus forty is sixty thousand. On that, you don't pay your fifteen percent self-employment tax. That's just investment return. Fifteen percent of sixty thousand dollars is nine thousand dollars a year of employment tax. You don't have to pay. I love this. This is awesome. Let me restate what you said, Andrew. This is so good. And this is very different than, than maybe most episodes of the podcast, because while there's an interview, I'm, I'm also just wanting to like really create a solid understanding of this. Uh, so listeners, thank you for, for bearing with me here as I work back through this. So when you're an LLC filing as a sole proprietorship, you can have employees. However, as a sole proprietor, you uh, you can't be an employee. You just are the owner. The money in is considered yours and it gets taxed accordingly, uh, taxed accordingly, 15%. However, when you start moving into this S corporation side of things, it gets split into two buckets. The income that's coming in is going to go and you can now be an employee of the company. Uh, and so as an employee, you're going to be on payroll. You're going to have uh, you're going to have a paycheck coming in. P.S. Use Gusto when you do this, my friends. Get get set up with your S corp and then use Gusto for payroll. I love it. Uh, I think I've got a code or something somewhere. Maybe I'll drop it in the show notes. Um, so you're going to get on payroll and you're going to pay yourself a fair amount of money. In this example you gave, you said maybe forty thousand dollars. Let's just go with that. Okay. The other money that's coming in goes into the other bucket, which is, uh, how would you describe that? Is that just income to the business, value into the business, profit to the business? What, what would you, how would you describe that, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, it's the remaining, it's the profit left over in the business after paying all your expenses, including your payroll. Yeah, this is a kind of an odd thing for, I think a lot of photographers to, to wrap their head around is that, uh, when you're so used to just filing as an S corp and you see money come into the business, you, we tend to view all of our money as, well, it's mine, it's my money. And we think of it as income. It's, it's my thing. But when you're an S corp and you are put, paying yourself on payroll, you are an expense. So the payroll that you have, the $40,000, that's actually like an expense to the business. And it's a weird way to, to, think about money coming in, like the $40,000 that you just got paid is actually an expense to the company. Is that a good way of describing it, Andrew? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So the leftover profit within the business that doesn't get taxed that 15% self-employment, correct? hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Now here's my next question. I'm sure the question for everybody else, this sounds great. I made my 40,000. I got that. I got my, my, I got my biweekly paycheck. However, I need to get access to that other 60K, okay? That's the, that's the business's profit. So how does somebody go about getting the monies that is, <laughs> that is in the other bucket without the 15% self-employment? Well, I tell you what you don't do, right? You don't <laughs> use your business bank account as a personal piggy bank, right? Because that would pierce the corporate veil. What you do is you just write yourself a check. And you can write yourself a check whenever you want to. You can do it once a year. You can do it once a week. You can do a regular amount every two weeks if you want to. That kind of almost mirrors payroll. Mm -hmm. 
you know, whatever frequency works well for your personal budget, but you do that as a distribution. You need to not run it through payroll. You need to make sure it's a distribution. Now, Gusto allows you to do both, which is one of the reasons it's handy, right? You can set up automatic recurring payroll to yourself through Gusto and separately set up an automatic recurring draw. If you want to give yourself an extra thousand dollars every month and it'll hit your bank account direct deposit as a distribution, you can do that. And that's one of the nice things about Gusto. Andrew, can you help me set that up after this interview? <laughs> that would be really I great. Say, I don't know if you have that set up, Ben. I don't yeah, think I have that set up yet. Handy. And I would, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that we should totally, right now I'm just, I'm just cutting myself a check whenever I feel like it, but it'd be nice if it was a little bit more consistent. Let's talk after this. Uh, we can get that set up. This is so, this is so great. Um, okay. So, so you can say that, well, is there any restriction to that, that, that people should be aware of? The only restriction is as an S corporation, you want to be careful. You don't take out more distributions than you have income. If you do, that can cause a tax issue. And it gets complex. Most people don't have this issue. You only really have this issue if you say get a loan, which again, most photographers don't unless you're like immediately go out and buying gear or something with it. But if you had a loan or you had extra cash in there and you took out too much in distributions, too much as in you had $100,000 of profit and you took out $120,000, that could potentially create an issue for you. Mm -hmm. But again, most people never run into that because if you make $100,000, how are you going to take out more than $100,000? You know, unless you have significant debt. So photographers don't usually fight with that. Yeah. Um, what about the concern of, because I, I, I could see someone's gears a ticking who's maybe not fully familiar with this and you're kind of doing the math and you're thinking, well, why pay myself 40 and pay 15% on that? How about I've got it, Andrew? Why don't I just pay myself 10,000, maybe even just a couple right. thousand, only pay 15% yep. on that, put the rest in the bucket and then just through distributions, pay myself. So I'm, I'm imagining someone might be thinking this to some extent. And so what are the concerns around that and the areas that I think people need to be uh, moving with intentionality with this and having an advisor like you be able to figure out what the sweet spot is? Yeah, it's a really good question. One of the things that bothered me in CPA world, other firms I work with is that number, which is called reasonable compensation. That's the official IRS term. You have to pay yourself reasonable compensation as the owner of a, an S corporation. Of course, there's no description of what that is. It's whatever, you know, the IRS is going to ultimately determine if they agree with you or not, that it's reasonable. People would pull numbers out of the air. And I saw this happen all the time. It's actually, I think I talked about it with you once before, Ben. One of the reasons I started Big Picture to Help Photographers is I had a friend who was a photographer whose CPA, you know, they did one or two photographers and they pulled a number out of the air and it cost them about three grand too much in taxes every year. Because they said, look, you should pay yourself 60000 And for him, based on his zip code, based on his experience level, based on exactly what he did in his individual business, it should have been more like 40000 The difference between that times 15% is about $3,000 a year. He paid too much in taxes. Mm -hmm. So what, what you want to do is you want to put pen to paper. We actually license a tool to do this called reasonable compensation report. It's only designed to help businesses figure out how much as an S corp owner, they should pay in reasonable compensation. And so we do actually a consult on this where we go through and there's a report at the end of it and nothing is completely IRS proof, but man, if everyone else is pulling a number out of the air and the IRS challenges and you say, here's my 10 page PDF, 
they're going to probably go looking for easier targets. Yeah. And you have a, a reasonable number. It's important. What you've said, again, sharing my own personal experience, and actually one of the ways I ended up working with you, Andrew, is one of my past CPAs uh, did kind of pull a number out of the air. And again, I'm the person who's like, I'm, I, you're the, like, they're the professional, like they're the CPA, I'm trusting them. And they were recommending to pay myself around a hundred thousand dollars a year. And, um, and then I did, it just didn't feel right. I felt like I, listen, the money was there, but I feel like more of it should be in the other bucket. <laughs> and I remember coming to you and being like, this seems, this seems off. This doesn't seem right. And, and you went and you took me through that report. Uh, you walked me through the, the, I don't, again, I don't know what it was called, but it was like you said, it was like a 15 page report where we did some questions and it gave me a much clearer answer and one that, again, there, it felt like it wasn't just made up. It was just like, I don't know, 100K. It was like a very clear answer. This is what you should be paying yourself and justification for it. And then the rest can go in the bucket uh, to the business as profit. Um, and so I've gone through that process. And, uh, and I've learned the hard way after, after having that, that brief period. Now, it was only, a, it was only a, a brief period that I was paying myself that. But again, it's like, it just goes quick. It adds up very fast. 15% adds up very, very quickly. Um, so highly, yeah, highly recommend that man. Um, what did we miss? I, I feel like maybe the question that we missed is, um, at what point in, in, um, your business, maybe is there, is there a certain point of profit generated? And I'm sure this varies by state, but is it maybe a good idea to start to look into connecting with the CPA about becoming or, or rather filing as an S corp instead of a sole proprietorship? Like at what point of revenue is it kind of like, well, you probably uh, could be saving yourself a good amount of money here. Let's take a look at that. So everyone we work with, every photographer, we look at them in the fall and anyone who has $50,000 net or over, you know, projected for the rest of the year, that's where we start having those conversations. And 50,000 is right at starting to be the break point, 50,000 profit, not 50,000 total income, because you have to be able to have enough that you can both pay yourself a reasonable compensation and have enough left over that you're saving enough. Because the thing about being an S corporation is there's two additional costs. And so let's talk about those for a second. One is you have to file a separate tax return. Now these are lengthy. These are complicated returns. A typical fee for one of those is around a thousand bucks. And so that's a thousand dollars extra cost. And then you have to put yourself on payroll and gusto is wonderful and it's cheap, but it's still 50 bucks a month or something like that. So it's 15, $1,600 in additional cost. So you want to make sure that your savings is going to be more than that. Yes. And we show through our example, like it's entirely possible to save eight or $10,000. So an extra $1,500, you're still way ahead. It still makes a lot of sense. But if you're at 50,000, you're just starting to be at the break point where it might make sense. Okay. So for the photographers listening, and just be clear, the number that you're saying is five zero fifty five zero fifty thousand dollars net, $50,000 profit, take home. Uh, that is, that's kind of the, the space that it, it does make sense for you to be having a conversation with your CPA, reaching out to Andrew Jordan and looking into the possibilities of proper tax preparation for the following year. Correct. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Love this, man. I'd say too with this. Uh, ben, I was gonna say a couple other things. One is to look for, make sure that if you're talking to a CPA, they're not just pulling a number out of the air. If they give you a number, say, where did you come up with that number? 
Hmm. Like, where's the support for that? Where's the comparables? Like, where did you come up with this number? And make sure they're actually computing it specifically for you, not pulling a number out of the air. Um, but the other thing is we see people, we see photographers different times who are S-corps who shouldn't be. They saw it in a chat group. They heard it somewhere. They thought it was just sort of better, and they weren't sure exactly how. Uh, we even see CPA sometimes recommending this just sort of blanket across the board. If you're an LLC S-corporation, it's really easy to downgrade that, not downgrade it, but, but shift it back to being sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. Don't pay that extra fee. Don't pay $1,500 a year for no benefit. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. Man, this is great. I uh, I wish I could have heard this episode of the podcast <laughs> uh, like 10 years ago. Like I wish when I was a photographer starting out, like I would have... I wish I could have heard someone explain it like you've explained on today's episode. I think this is going to be really helpful for photographers, both, uh, both experienced and, and beginning. Um, Andrew, thank you for being here today. Where can people find more about big picture CPA and connect with you? Yeah. So CPA for photographers, either the number or FOR, um, that's our website or focus CPA. Either one redirects to us. And, uh, yeah, we, we love talking to photographers. Even if you think, man, I am not to that point yet. Emma from my team who been, you know, as well, yeah. she is actually a lot more fun than I am. And, uh, <laughs> she works a ton with photographers. And so she's happy to get on a free 15 minute, no obligation. Like it's not a sales session. We just like to answer questions for photographers. Like a lot of times you just have that one question that we can give a quick, easy answer to that. Like really, takes a burden off of you. So we like to do that for the community whenever we can. That's awesome. Yeah. Emma's been fantastic. I, this stuff stresses me. It still stresses me out. And, uh, and I just like that when I have to, when I do have to talk to someone about it, I can, at least I can be like, okay, like I'm talking to someone who like gets me. They're, <laughs> they're going to like vibe with my energy when they see the look on my face of dread. They're going to be like, I got you. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Andrew, thank you so much for being here on today's episode of the podcast. Again, that is focused CPA focused as in how you would, you know, focused with the ED at the end, focused CPA.com. Andrew Jordan. Thank you again. Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. Man, again, I really wish I had this episode when I was starting out. It would have saved me a lot of money. I hope this episode saves you some money. Check out what Andrew's up to. He's the guy that I trust. Highly recommend him. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to uh, either him or I, and uh, we could probably help you out. Listen, thanks for tuning in today. I can't wait to have you guys on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, keep showing up.